idea to approach the Bible as as a, a narrative um, because it's a, it's a record of God's dealing with his people throughout all the ages. So how, how would I start? If there's some fantastic reading plans around um, that, that you can download, that you can look up and get through the Bible in a year, that's one way of doing it. Um, I think if you have the time, if, for example, you're stuck in a house for 21 days and not allowed to go out, that kind of context, um, you could perhaps think about starting to read the Bible from beginning to end. Sorry, I'm going to just but, quickly interrupt you. Just for those who have just joined us, we're really so excited to have you with us. Hi, everybody. And if you're just joining us, just to remind you, we're just chatting through about how to engage with the Bible and, and opening up the scriptures, especially while we're on lockdown and at home and, and have some time on our hands. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Right. So um, if, if you're going to start, if you've never read the Bible before, and you, you want to start somehow. I would probably start in one of the Gospels, maybe Mark, maybe Matthew, and just read the whole Gospel from beginning to end. Read maybe two or three chapters or four chapters in a day and read the whole thing. And before you start reading, maybe ask some questions. Um, <laughs> Nick, you giant Nick, individual. Nick chirping. <laughs> Hello, uh, Helen. Uh, before you start... You ask a couple of double W questions. Yeah, please ask questions. Please go ahead and fire away as we're going. I'll be monitoring the questions while Ray, while Ray goes through, this, through the content. So you ask yourself questions before you start reading. You say, let's say you're looking at the Gospel of Matthew. Who's Matthew? Who's the guy who's writing this? When did he write it? To whom is he writing it? Because all of those those um, facts are, are important to establish the context in which the book is written and how it should be read. There, there's a vast range of of different types of writings in the Bible. The gospel is, or the gospels rather, are a kind of a narrative, uh, a record, an historical record of of how things happened over a period in time. There are other forms of of writing in the in the Bible. I'm thinking of Proverbs or Psalms that are heavily poetry-based, or, or they're songs. So different rules apply. So it's quite important to ask, what am I looking at? What is this? What kind of writing is it? So those are some of the W questions. I like to, to think of, of reading a text as interrogating it. Um, you can either read, read a, a chapter or a whole book quite at a superficial level, which is cool, because then you get the whole picture. And you can also burrow into into line by line and, and chapter by chapter and really give it some thought. <laughs> Luke, that's very good. Um, How long does it take to, to read through the book of John, right? The Gospel of John. Uh, <laughs> it depends how good your company is. If you've got fantastic <laughs> company, it takes a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, a, a bunch of us... Uh, meet at, at our house on a Monday night and we've been going through the Gospel of John for a couple of years now. So Tando has a question, but who do you ask the questions? Oh, that's a fantastic question. So in, in most Bibles, you can um, look at the introduction before the, the, the chapter starts and, and it gives you a, a little background to it. Or you can go online, 
There's some fantastic, fantastic resources that are available, many of them for free that you can download if, if you have a smartphone or a computer, and, and it'll give answers to all of these things. The one thing I would encourage you is if you're going to be looking at external resources, which I strongly recommend that you do, it's really helpful, is let the Bible speak to you first before you listen to somebody else telling yeah. you about it. Yeah, that's a good one. Because, mm. because the Holy Spirit will reveal stuff to you about the text when you read it that is supernatural. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It's mind-boggling that that text that were written hundreds and thousands of years ago can speak to us so profoundly in our day-to-day -day lives when, when those, those words are illuminated by the Spirit of God. So which, um, which versions of the Bible do you recommend yeah. people to be looking at? There are a couple of really good ones. Um, I like the ESV. The NIV is very good. Uh, New American Standard. There are uh, other versions which... Uh, I hope I'm not standing on toes, but if I am, tough. Suck <laughs> Um, that you could regard as, as supplementary, the Amplified, for example, um, the Message. And there, there, are other, there are other versions, or, or what, what are termed versions, which are really paraphrases. They're not, they're not strictly speaking, translations of the Bible. They're somebody's views on the Bible and how it should be read. I'm thinking now of uh, the Passion translation. Not really a translation. It's very heavily influenced by, by the person who compiled it and put it together. And those are all useful to, to give a, a flavor or to give a perspective or an angle, but I, I wouldn't use those as my primary source. The primary source should be one of the recognized versions, NRV, ESV, one of those. Yeah, and um, I think the main thing is that you're able to engage with the scriptures. Mm. So whether uh, if you're looking, going to look at those paraphrases and other translations, they're, they're there to help you, they're there to augment what you're reading yeah. and so you need one staple thing that you're reading from and then you can look at other things just to to give you a fuller richer idea of what the scripture is actually saying and sometimes there's like a different word in there that's used in a different way and just the meaning comes across so differently and and it just comes alive in a, in a different way so it can be really beneficial yeah absolutely and and one of the one of the things I would just strongly encourage you to do is slow down. Yeah, that's good. Just slow yeah. down. We we are so used to an incredible pace where where stuff comes rushing at us a thousand miles an hour all the time, and we we read like that, and we, we read it fast, fast, you know. And there's there's a there's a word that occurs throughout. Um, Proverbs and, and Psalms, Selah, it means just pause and calmly reflect on that. Pause and, and just think about that. Think about what you're reading. Mm. Um, I've often chatted to guys and they say, Yo, but how, how can you read the whole Bible? And how can you ever remember all of that stuff? And I say, well, you don't have to. But what you read, think about and live. Because then you can read very few scriptures. And, and if you actually live that out, and that's a much bigger challenge. Actually, live that out. That's much more useful, I think, um, than 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 trying to, to 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 cram the entire Bible into your head. The other thing, and I and I always raise this when when I talk about reading the Bible. A good mate cool. of mine, uh, Brenton Jessup, in our home group once said that we read the Bible in a tone. 
and, and it was just such a profound revelation of truth for me. Because you can read the Bible um, like you're listening to a headmaster. You can read the Bible like, like you're listening to a prison warden. Or you can read the Bible in, in the tone, in the voice of, of a loving father who, who, who is, is affectionate and kind and, mm. and loving and merciful. Yeah. On yon, exactly. On yon. Um, towards you. <laughs> Shout out to Brainson so, for that one. So it, it really does make a difference how you read the Bible. And, and I've, I've found having that in mind, when I, when I read yeah. the texts, especially those difficult texts, the, diff, the, the texts that, that, that offend you, when you remember that it comes from a kind place, it actually makes quite a profound difference to how you read it. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've talked about this yet, Ray, but Scripture interprets Scripture, and yeah. we need to read the Word in an overarching story that is part of a bigger picture. So um, sometimes we read something that's pretty tough to read, but we need to see it in a bigger context. We need to read other Scriptures, and sometimes when something's hard to understand and you're not quite following um, we need scripture to interpret that scripture um, commentaries right. are also really helpful yeah um, there are lots of amazing commentaries mm. out there what's your favorite right oh, jeepers i've got a range um i like i like uh, the jewish new testament commentary i like um, the sv study bible commentary is very very good um matthew henry is a traditional one he's good um, there's there's just an absolute range but I think I've been I've been nattering on for a while now. <laughs> How about throwing some questions at me? Well, while we're waiting for some questions, I'm just wondering: Did you talk about context? Yeah. So, so words matter, and context counts. Um, if if you read, I did I did talk briefly about context, but let me dive into it. If you read something that's completely out of context, it really can be taken the wrong way. Um, a great example of that is, um, <laughs> for Thanks, example, Joe. when you read, when you read in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, you read how um, the issue of woman is, is, is dealt with, for example. And, and if it's not seen in the context in which it was written, you can get the wrong idea. And then because what we do is we impose our 21st century context onto yeah. onto something that happened 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. So one of the exercises I like encouraging people to do is I say, imagine, imagine you were transported in time back 3,000 years and you had to explain to, to a local shepherd what the internet was. Where would you start? Okay, so this question is from Luke. In terms of their context, can you briefly touch on the difference between Hebrew and Greek culture yeah. versus today? Okay. Great question, Luke. Fantastic question. So, <laughs> so the Western world is primarily uh, shaped by, by a Greek way of thinking. So it's based on philosophy. It's based on, on a construction of the world or a way of seeing the world that is primarily intellectual. So we say, if we say, what do you believe? What you're generally asking people to say is, what do they think about something? And that's what it means. In the, in the Hebrew mindset, um, it's not quite like that. 
it's far more it's far more practical. So so if if you were to discuss somebody's belief set, they would ask you, well, what do you do? Mm. Because it's it's practical. And if you look at how Jesus interacts with the disciples and how he interacts with the people who come to listen to what he says, he uses the most um, commonplace examples. He he appeals to to practices that everybody had access to. He uses farming examples. He uses examples from nature that that everybody, even a little child, could get because mm. because the, the gospel is intensely practical. It really is. And, and the Bible is practical. That doesn't mean that there aren't layers to it and complexity and intellectually stimulating challenges on every page there are. But, but really, it's very, very simple and very clear. It's one of the reasons Jesus says um, of children, unless you, you come to the kingdom like a uh, little child, you, it's, it's quite difficult to enter. Because kids, kids are not complicated, man. Yeah. Can I eat it? Can I play with it? Can I break it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really quite an uncomplicated approach. So, so if, we, if we approach the Bible exclusively intellectually, we miss a lot. Mm-hmm. If we approach it without intellect, we miss a lot. Um, the, the, the best way to read the Bible is to bring your whole being to it. Your eyes, your ears, your mind, your mm-hmm. thoughts, your spirit, the, the help of the Holy Spirit to reveal what's there. And, and it's, an, it's an entire being experience. Yeah, and I think the, the, we have the Holy Spirit who really brings mm. the Word to life. And, and Jesus is described as the Word, and it's meant to be this living, active, sharp thing in our lives that when we open up the Scriptures, every time there is something new, there is a fresh manner, there is fresh revelation, there is something that applies to our lives, there's something that we can learn we can discover about the character of God. So the scripture really is meant to be this living, alive part of our lives. And um, we don't have to look at it in a dry way. And if we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us as we pray, as we read, then then it really does become uh, this incredible experience in growing our relationship with God. Hmm. Yeah. So... Um, we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, and, and it is. And if you think about a word as, as a unit of thought, you, you, I, the only way I can communicate, well, the primary way I communicate what I'm thinking is by telling somebody, mm. by writing it down, or by sending a message, or speaking. So... The, there are lots of other forms of communication too. I'm not, I'm not done playing those. But, but the Bible is the revealed word of God. It's what he's saying. And it's, it's revealed in a story which is so cool because it's so accessible to all of us. And, and as the unfolding narrative, the unfolding story of his interactions with humanity from the beginning right to the end um, is told, we get to know more about him because we see how he is, what he's mm-hmm. like, what he does, what he says, what he thinks. And it, it really is a privilege. Um, I find there are times when the busyness of life gets hold of me and, and I can spend days or even weeks without really getting into the Bible and just reading. Mm. And, and when I read it again, I pick up and I think, oh, why, did, why on earth did I, why did I deprive myself of this? It's so interesting. Mm. 
Yeah. And then there are other times when I read the Bible and it's like, jeepers, this is made of dust, man. Flip, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and often that's just a reflection of, of where I am, just dry. So, so don't be discouraged if sometimes when you read the Bible, it, it, it isn't jumping up and down and, and screaming at you in your highlighter. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But if we, if we build the habit and the practice of reading the Bible, um, listening to, to what it says, meditating about it, thinking about it and doing it, yeah. then, then it comes alive. Yeah. And I think in a season like this, the Word of God really becomes essential. Um, yeah. You want to be hearing from Him. You want to be looking at His Word. There's so much encouragement just in the Psalms alone. And um, we, we can lean on His Word yeah. in a time like this. And we need truth. Um, there are yeah, so many voices out there and we need to be listening to the voice of truth and, and in cooperation with the Spirit, He leads us into all truth. And we can then stand firm on that foundation because we know that, that what He says is right and what He says is true and we can lean on that and it's, it's steady. And it's, uh, we've always said that uh, the Word and good theology settles you and yeah, and true. we have found that to be true and a bedrock for for our lives. So, yeah, guys, if you have any questions, please feel free to to add them in and put them in the comments, and and we'll we'll answer them as best we can. So one of the one of the things um, sometimes think about. It's not my idea. Somebody else said this um, that that the Bible reads us. You know, there, there are times, I'll have read a scripture many, many times, and you get different stuff from it, but, but it's, it's cool, and then one day you read it, and it just it grabs you, and, and you know this, it's talking directly to you. If there was nobody else in the world who'd ever read the Bible, that scripture at that moment was for you, because the Bible reads you. Mm. Um, the Jewish sages had a saying that in thousands of years ago that, that the story of every man is written in the Bible, that we're all wrapped up in it, mm. which is quite profound. Um, if there's one book we should be reading at this time, what would it be? I, w- I would read the Gospel of John. <laughs> not biased and at all. <laughs> not, not biased at all. And, and let me tell you why. Because the Gospel of John is, is the story of the Gospel written not from from man's perspective up, which is what the other Gospels are written, and that's not wrong, it's, it's just what, how they're written. Um, the, the Gospel of John is written from the perspective of the whole story of all of Scripture, from the cosmic perspective, from God's perspective, looking down. And it's, it's a good time, um, it's a good time to remind ourselves that, that actually the world doesn't revolve around us that we're part of a much bigger, much wider, much broader story. And, and these things that we're finding so uncomfortable, jeepers, we're stuck in our houses for 21 days. They're, they're people who have lived through um, horror yeah. through, throughout the ages, and they've found comfort in the Bible because God speaks. Mm. So um, we've been asked the question, when did each of you realize you had such a deep longing to understand the Bible on a deeper level and a broader context? Uh, for me, it's, it started when I got saved. 
and I realized that um, the God of the universe speaks, mm. and 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 we have access to that, and that that freaked me the hell out. It really <laughs> did. That that actually completely blew mm. my mind. And I, I just set about devouring the Bible, mm. just reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it. For years, I didn't watch TV. I just read the Bible. Mm. And and I think I went a little overboard in some respects, but it was it was just such an incredible journey of discovering God. Yeah, I think for for me, um, I think I must have been about nineteen. I've been saved a few years, and we went on a like a retreat and. I think at that age, I was just having quite a lot of difficulty uh, reading the Old Testament particularly, um, and just wanted to know how to do that. And so that kind of got uh, me started on a journey of discovering the Bible, and and then later just being exposed to some really, really amazing teaching, um, and and I just, yeah, just a, a hunger started to develop for the Word. And I, and I think that's what we really, really need, probably more than anything yeah. else, is just you know, really to hunger for the Word of God, to hunger to know more about Him and to engage in the Scriptures. And, and the more we read and the more we study, the more we want to. And um, and when you start to see things that you've never seen before, it, it just starts to explode in you. And it really is like eating food. It, it just nourishes you, it feeds you, it makes you stronger in your faith. Um, yeah. Um, Bible study apps we recommend... I love um, Olive Tree. Yeah, he's got a good one. Olive Tree Bible Study app is, is the absolute bomb. Um, you can download different versions of the Bibles, different versions of the Bibles, so you can read them next to each other. It's got a strong uh, built into it, so you can tap onto, onto a word and see what the original Hebrew and Greek is. Um, it's got a range of, of resources, some free, some that you buy that you can bring up. And I found that it's, it's just really taken my Bible study to another level. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, the other really good apps as well, there's Logos. Um, mm. There are a number. My, my go-to is is Bible is Olive Tree, though. Yeah. Next question. What do you do when you come across a scripture that confuses you, particularly if it doesn't make sense compared with your beliefs? Well, that's, that's such a great question. A good question. Here's what you don't do. Don't ignore it. Yeah, that's very good. Because what happens is, um, I remember as a young believer, there were a couple of texts that really just confused me. And I, th- I thought, let me, let me just leave those. And what happened is, is that it actually creates a doubt. Yeah. Um, and, and you start doubting whether the Bible could be true, whether it could be what it, it claims to be. So what I've done, uh, I read a book, oh, jeepers, I was young, 1920. Yeah. That said, uh, the hard, it was called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. And it, it went after the difficult stuff that Jesus said mm. and, and explored it and, and it dealt with it honestly and, and dealt with some of the, the, the fact that it offends us. Tim Keller says, um, if, if we believe that a God exists whose views wouldn't offend us, then the God in that picture is not him, it's us. Sure. Yeah, that's good. So, so that's one angle. But, but the other angle, and Greg, uh, let me hope I'm, I'm getting to the heart of this, is sometimes what you read doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And, and what that is is a good opportunity to step back and just reconsider what you believe, actually. Um, so I go and I'll look at, at other texts that deal with the same subject matter. I'll read uh, commentaries or, or books by authors that I trust. 
I'll speak to guys I trust because there's some wacky loons out there. Um, and just wrestle with it. Yeah. And, and, and wrestling is good. Mm. And let me tell you, God doesn't answer all the big questions in the Bible. Yeah, Deliberately we, so. Just we doesn't. often talk about mystery as well. Yeah. Um, that's, that there are some scriptures that we, 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 this side of eternity, might not understand fully. Yeah. And so there's something of a mystery in that. And I have found that that particular truth has really helped me a lot in um, wrestling through some scriptures in that I'm okay with the mystery. And then sometimes God will unpack that. Uh, as I go and as as when I'm ready for it as well sometimes we're not ready for that revelation quite yet um and and as we step forward he shows us but sometimes we might not know the full picture yet and it's okay it's okay to have mystery we we just find that that has settled us in huge quantities on big topics on difficult topics sometimes when you you don't quite understand or don't see something you you see in the scripture you're not seeing it there's all of those things too. So um, reading the Bible chronic- chronologically versus indexed, which is better? Um, it depends. I think there are merits to both. Um, I, like, I like reading um, it in, in the order in which it's, it's indexed simply because I know where to find stuff, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. But, but there's also merit in looking at, for example, the first book that was written, is the, the book of Job. And, and it's really interesting because it, it, it doesn't rely on images from any other Bible books. Um, Genesis was written quite a lot later. So it, both of them have merits. Um, yeah. Okay. What Old Testament book would you read in conjunction with reading John? Genesis. Read the first four books of Genesis in conjunction with the Gospel of John. It will blow your mind apart. <laughs> really, for real. Yeah. Cool. Any other questions before we wrap up? I think we've had some really good questions tonight. So I think, I think the most important thing, guys, is that, just, that we are just wanting to encourage you to be engaging with your Bible and reading mm. your Bible and... Um, and if you don't know how to ask and yeah. to find someone maybe to read with, um, use commentaries, use tools to help you, um, but to really, really get stuck in and um, that we, we are just praying that as you do that, you really you really grow and you find nuggets that you haven't found before. And just to say as well, some books are just more helpful than others in certain seasons. And at the moment, I'm sure many of you are spending time in the Psalms. The Psalms are incredibly encouraging. It's just, it's an honest grappling with with uh, David's life and how he talks to God. So yeah. I find that incredibly helpful. And there's also some really cool um, meaty things that you can get into. Any other comments from you? Yeah. Um, I had a really good one. I can't think of it now. It was really good. Uh, what was it? Yeah. So so if you, look at the, if you look at the life of Jesus, whenever he's bumped, he speaks scripture. Every single time. So, so what we fill ourselves with is what's going to come out when life bumps us. Yeah. And, and we're all getting bumped and shaken pretty hard now. If all that we feed on is News 24 or what the neighbor says or somebody on Facebook's latest rant or, or, or pet conspiracy theory, that's what's going to come out. So, so I've found 
at times where where I really got stuck into the Bible and, and let it shape my thinking, let it shape my worldview, let it shape um, my approach to things. Even the words I speak change. And I can tell when I'm in a bad place, spiritually, morally, um, because because when I'm bumped, my first thought isn't what's what's the biblical context for this. Mm. It's it's yeah, it's my own irritation. So mm. so I think um, an eternal perspective is an important thing, and, it, and there's no better place to get an eternal perspective than a book which spans eternity. Yeah, excellent, awesome guys. We are so glad we could spend this time with you. It's been so cool seeing all the comments and hearing all the questions. And yeah, if you if you have any other questions, you can feel free to contact us and ask us. And um, yeah, happy reading. Cheers, guys. Wait, 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 wait. How do we save it? <laughs>